This episode contains graphic details of murder and other crimes. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Not Always Polite. I hope you guys have had a great week. Today I have a case for you that I thought I already covered when I was reading it and stuff, but apparently I did not, so I'm not sure what happened there. I think I had a a glitch. I don't know. I glitched or something. I'm not sure. Regardless, I'm going to talk about it today because I thought I already did, so we're going to make sure we do it today. Okay? Cool. Today, I'm bringing us back to our roots. Today, we are talking about an unsolved disappearance in London, Ontario. So, like I said, London, Ontario, Trevor Andrews was born sometime in 1983, making him 26 years old when he disappeared in 2009. His sister, Kelly Andrews, remembers her brother as an introverted kid who loved the TV shows Alf and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He had a few friends in their neighborhood in the Sanford Street area of the Huron Heights subdivision in northeast London, but he mostly kept to himself and stayed inside the house. He was, quote, a huge music kid, one who loved rap and hip-hop. He was always competitive with his cousin Adam. They were the same age, and when they would play video games, they would be very competitive. When a new console came out, Sega and then Nintendo 64, Trevor would rush out to get it first. They were always trying to one-up each other. I am so sorry for that rustling in the background. Maze, my puppy, is uh, eating a box. So she has kennel cough. So I'm doing everything in my power to keep her occupied because I'm going to literally sell her if she doesn't get her shit together. Anyways, so sorry about that. Anyways, back to the story. The last time Kelly saw her brother was in September of 2009. They were at a birthday party for her now ex-husband. Trevor was asked to leave. Though things were strained, Trevor still called his family frequently, usually at 3 or 4 a.m., if only to leave a brief, funny voicemail to let them know he was alive and safe. He knew his family didn't condone his lifestyle, but he stayed in touch. He didn't want them to worry. At the time of his disappearance, Trevor had been struggling with addiction for nearly 10 years. He was living with his father, Rick, who was also an addict. Trevor also had a two-year-old son. On October 28th of 2009, he was last seen around 11.30 p.m. on Oakville Ave near Huron Street and Clark Road. Trevor left his friend Christine Acker's house and headed to catch the bus home to the apartment he shared with his father. When Rick returned home after being away for a few days, he found his son was missing. He was instantly concerned when Trevor was not home, but his backpack was hanging on the door. Rick explained, quote, he never went anywhere for long without it. That was my first clue something was wrong. By November 1st, Trevor's family reported him missing to the London Police Service. Trevor was never heard from again, and there was no activity on his bank accounts. According to Kelly, after the family reported him missing, it was 13 days before the police, quote, put it out to the public. The police eventually questioned Trevor's friends and family, and they also conducted a search of the area where Trevor was last seen and interviewed area residents. The authorities were not able to confirm if he actually boarded the bus on the evening when he disappeared. 
The family formed search parties and spread out in wooded areas as they thought, quote, maybe would be a good place, sorry, maybe would be a good dumping grounds place, but nothing ever came of it. Kelly said that she had a gut feeling almost immediately that Trevor had been killed. From the very beginning, his family hoped for the best, but suspected the worst. His disappearance was disturbingly out of character. They knew the outgoing, chatty young man would have stayed in contact with them. And again, he abandoned all of his belongings, and there has been zero activity on his bank accounts. The only other theory that has been discussed is that Trevor left willingly. The police were slow to investigate his disappearance. In fact, they didn't release a missing person notification in the case until November 10th, 13 days after Trevor was last seen, like I mentioned. And it apparently took over four months for the authorities to interview his friends. The police only considered him a missing person when he failed to keep a meeting with his probation officer. Trevor was a young man struggling with addiction, so authorities likely at first believed that he had taken off to party and would eventually show up again when he was ready. This had happened occasionally in the past, but if it was the case this time, he would have returned within a few days, and he never did. Perhaps Trevor did disappear because he left town to start a new life. It's possible. Trevor had had domestic issues with his ex-partner, and the subsequent legal problems could have compelled him to begin a new life in a different town. Regardless, this theory is highly improbable. Trevor was in constant contact with his friends and family. He called them so often, quote, he was considered a bit of a pest. It's unlikely that he ran off to start a new life and never contacted his loved ones again. Again, he never touched any of his money, so he literally had no money. It would be very difficult to start a new life without any money. And it's said by his family that Trevor was like trying to turn his life around. He had an appointment lined up to check a new apartment out to sign, and that was a sign of like growing independence and stability. Considering all of this, I think it's unlikely that he left on his own. Debbie Harding, who is Trevor's mother, pled with the public to spread the word about Trevor's case and to provide any information that they might have. She explained, quote, ultimately, it is the public we need help from. There will be no closure without the support of the community. In an updated interview in November of 2021, oh my God, why did I say it like that? In an updated interview in 2021 on the 12-year anniversary of Trevor's disappearance, his family states the following, quote, To be sitting here 12 years later, to be honest, I'm kind of surprised. The family no longer holds candlelight vigils on the anniversaries of Trevor's disappearance. Instead, on his birthday in August, they hold a barbecue at his mother's house. They get balloons, write messages on them, and release them. And Trevor's son is always there. Quote, I feel like it's just a cold case file that's sitting around collecting dust because our police services are overwhelmed. The police and Trevor's family both agree that someone in the community has information that might help with the investigation. Quote, one of these times they're going to see this and their guilty conscience is going to set in and hopefully that's going to break the case. At some point, something will give. All we can do is just hold out a little bit more hope for that. <sighs> that makes me really sad. I feel so bad for his family. At the time of his disappearance, Trevor is described as white, five foot ten to six feet tall, about one hundred and seventy pounds. He had short, light brown hair and green eyes, and a left, a left. Oh my gosh, a birthmark on his left cheek. He was last seen wearing a white hoodie with white Reebok running shoes and black trim. He possibly had a yellow no-frills shopping bag containing several bottles of beer. 
If anyone has any information about Trevor's disappearance, please call the London Police Service at 519-661-5670 or as usual, Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-8477. His family has advertised a $10,000 reward for information that leads to his whereabouts. I feel like this case should be solved. I feel obviously I want every case to be solved, but I feel like people know about this case because I feel like something maybe happened with drugs. Maybe there was a deal gone wrong. I don't know. Just the lifestyle he was in is very dangerous and someone knows something in this case. And I would really like for his family to have closure. So please, if you do have any information, even if you think it's not important, I've said this a million times, but you never know how valuable what you know is until you tell someone. So with that being said, I hope you guys did enjoy today's episode. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram for updates, photos, that kind of good stuff. And leave me a review wherever you're listening. Hope you guys have a great and safe long weekend and I will catch you guys next week. Bye.